Welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on the sacrament, the Lord's Day, and the Sabbath. Starting in 3 Nephi chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass that Jesus commanded his disciples that they should bring forth some bread and wine unto him. And while they were gone for bread and wine, he commanded the multitude that they should sit themselves down upon the earth. And when the disciples had come with bread and wine, he took of the bread and brake and blessed it. And he gave unto the disciples and commanded them that they should eat. And when they had eaten and were filled, he commanded that they should give unto the multitude. And when the multitude had eaten and were filled, he said unto the disciples, Behold, there shall one be ordained among you, and to him will I give power, that he shall break bread and bless it and give it unto the people of my church, unto all those who shall believe and be baptized in my name. And this shall ye always observe to do, even as I have done, even as I have broken bread and blessed it and given it unto you. And this shall ye do in remembrance of my body, which I have shown unto you, and it shall be a testimony unto the Father that ye do always remember me, and ye, and if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my spirit to be with you. And it came to pass that when he said these words, he commanded his disciples that they should take of the wine of the cup and drink of it, and they should also give unto the multitude that they might drink of it. And it came to pass that they did so, and did drink of it, and were filled, and they gave unto the multitude, and they did drink, and they were filled. And when the disciples had done this, Jesus said unto them, Blessed are ye for this thing which ye have done, for this is fulfilling my commandments, and this doth witness unto the Father that ye are willing to do that which I have commanded you. And this shall ye always do to those who repent and are baptized in my name. And ye shall do it in remembrance of my blood which I have shed for you that ye may witness unto the Father that ye do always remember him. And ye do always remember me, and if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my spirit to be with you. So according to verses 5 and 11, we are to administer the sacrament to those who have repented of their sins, who believe in Christ, and are baptized. Now, especially as Christ used the, uses the term repent in the Book of Mormon, it almost always refers to offering up the new sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is the requirement to be baptized into the terrestrial order. And when one is baptized into the terrestrial order, the Church of Christ, one receives a probationary membership. And as one continues to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit and actually demonstrates that they offer up the sacrifice and live it with integrity, Christ then pleads their case before Father, receives permission to adopt them as sons and daughters. And then the ordinance of baptism, a fire baptism of the Holy Ghost, is authorized to be performed. And then they become his sons and his daughters. He having adopted them and extended his name to them. So before the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we covenant that we're willing to take upon us the name of Christ. But it's not until the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we're actually able to take upon us the name of Christ. And I give unto you a commandment that ye shall do these things. And if ye shall do these things, blessed are ye. For ye are built upon my rock, being himself and revelation. But whoso among you shall do more or less than these are not built upon my rock, but are built upon a sandy foundation. And when the rain descends and the floods come and the winds blow and beat upon them, they shall fall. And the gates of hell are ready open to receive them. Therefore, blessed are ye if ye shall keep my commandments, which the Father hath commanded me that I should give unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye must watch and pray always, lest ye be tempted by the devil, and ye be led away captive by him. So Christ here is speaking to the 12 disciples and, you know, giving them counsel that even though they have been called and ordained as disciples, you know, Satan still is going to try to destroy them and that they only gain the power to overcome the adversary by 
praying always. And as I have prayed among you, even so shall ye pray in my church among my people who do repent and are baptized in my name. So, those who are in Christ's church and those who are his people are those who repent and are baptized in his name. Behold, I am the light. I have set an example for you. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words unto his disciples, he turned again unto the multitude, and he said unto them, Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must watch and pray always, lest ye enter into temptation. For Satan desireth to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Therefore ye must always pray unto the Father in my name. So the first thing that Christ tells the multitude after speaking to the disciples is that they must be careful of the power of the adversary who seeks to destroy them and overcome them with temptation. Now, we're constantly under attack by dark entities, <coughs> both unclean spirits or spirits of men and women who have once lived upon the earth, have not yet taken advantage of Christ's atonement, and so they find themselves in spirit prison, and which is right here uh, on this earth with us, and also demons and devils who have never had a body, but who have been tasked by the adversary to uh, hedge up our way and destroy us. And so, you know, both of these types of entities will offer us thoughts and feelings. And when we accept their thoughts or feelings, we have entered into contract with them. And now they have power over us. So before we enter into contract with them and they have power over us, when we experience uh, thoughts and feelings that are clearly not from God, um, they are also not from us. And we should recognize the source and explicitly say that we do not accept these thoughts or feelings. Um, they're not coming from us or from God. And so this dark entity should get the hence. Instead, we feel uh, or instead we choose to feel love and gratitude. Now, what do we do when we have entered into um, a covenant relationship with them because we accept their thoughts or feelings? Well, there is an experience from the life of Joseph that I find instructive. At the June 4th, 1831 priesthood meeting on the second day of the General Conference of the Church, when the second order or patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood is being restored, Previously, Joseph had prophesied that there would be those at the conference before its end who would see the Father and the Son, and that the man of sin would reveal himself. So as soon as Harvey Whitlock was ordained, immediately he became possessed by the man of sin. Hiram, being the first to recognize it, raises his arm to the square and casts the adversary out, and nothing happens. Joseph, having more experience and being wiser in these matters, he bows his head and he says, Father, what would you have me do that I may deal with this dark spirit or this class of dark entities? And the voice of the spirit comes to Joseph and said, ask Harvey if he believes in God. So Joseph raises his head and asks Harvey if he believes in God. As soon as Harvey says yes, he's immediately released. So the lesson, God wants us to establish a relationship with him that we might come to him in the very hour of our need, that we might ask and receive. But this requires that we be able to hear his word and his voice and understand his word and his voice, that we open our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. So um, before we get to these situations, we need to do the hard work on our knees and get enough experience so that in the time of great need, we are able to both hear and understand. 
Verse 20. And whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, which is right, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be given unto you. Pray in your families unto the Father always in my name, that your wives and your children may be blessed. And may I submit that one of the things that we should be doing as we pray with our families is teaching them how to ask questions and receive answers and to discern whether it comes from God or from the adversary. And behold, ye shall meet together oft, and ye shall not forbid any man from coming unto you when ye shall meet together, but suffer them that they may come unto you and forbid them not. So meet together oft for the purpose of having spiritual meetings and to partake of the sacrament. But ye shall pray for them, and shall not cast them out, and if it so be that they come unto you oft, ye shall pray for them unto the Father in my name. Therefore hold up your light, that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye have, which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. Behold, ye see that I have prayed unto the Father, and ye all have witnessed. And ye see that I have commanded that none of you should go away, but rather have commanded that ye should come unto me, that ye might feel and see. Even so shall ye do unto the world. And whosoever breaketh this commandment suffereth himself to be led into temptation. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he turned his eyes again upon the disciples whom he had chosen. And he said unto them, Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you another commandment. And then I must go unto my Father that I may fulfill other commandments which he hath given me. And now behold, this is the commandment which I give unto you, that ye shall not suffer anyone knowingly to partake of my flesh and blood unworthily, when ye shall minister it. For whoso eateth and drinketh my flesh and blood unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to his soul. Therefore, if ye know that a man is unworthy to eat and drink of my flesh and blood, ye shall forbid him. Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out from among you, but that ye shall minister unto him and shall pray for him unto the Father in my name. And if it so be that he repenteth and is baptized in my name, then shall you receive him and shall minister unto him of my flesh and blood. So the implication is here that to become worthy to partake of the sacrament, we need to be baptized and repent of our sins. And not only repent of our sins, but offer up as a sacrifice a broken heart and contrite spirit. And so those who have received baptism, those who repent of their sins and offereth up a broken heart and contrite spirit, are those who should be receiving the sacrament. But if he repent not... He shall not be numbered among my people, that he may not destroy my people. For behold, I know my sheep, and they are numbered. Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out of your synagogues or your places of worship. For unto such shall ye continue to minister. For ye know not but what they will return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart or a broken heart and contrite spirit. And ye shall be the, and I shall heal them. And this healing certainly comes by degrees. The first level of this healing is as we repent and experience the power of the atonement. There is another level of healing and forgiveness and sanctification when we come to the waters of baptism with a broken heart and contrite spirit. And there is a complete remission of sins and of healing at the time we receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. For ye know not but what they will return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart, and I shall heal them, and ye shall be the means of bringing salvation unto them. Therefore, keep these sayings which I have commanded you, that ye come not under condemnation. For woe unto him whom the Father condemneth. 
And I give unto you these commandments because of the disputations which have been among you. And blessed are ye if ye have no disputations among you. And now I go unto the Father because it is expedient that I should go unto the Father for your sakes. So, as the Father had given Christ commandments to give unto the Nephites and to minister unto them, so it was also necessary that Christ would return and report unto the Father that the blessings which were in store for them might be received. And may I submit that one of the reasons that Christ needed to return to the Father was to plead the case of the twelve disciples whom he had chosen uh, before Father that he had witnessed that they offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit unto him. And therefore, that they might be able to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which they receive in the very next chapter. Now, let's go to 3 Nephi. Chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass that he commanded the multitude that they should cease to pray, and also his disciples. Now this is right after the 12 disciples being baptized by water into the trustful order and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, in 3 Nephi 19. And if you remember, they prayed unto him because he was with them. And he commanded them that they should not cease to pray in their hearts. And he commanded them that they should arise and stand up upon their feet. And they arose up and stood upon their feet. And it came to pass that he break bread again. This is the next day. Uh, after the first time he administered the sacrament to them. And blessed it, and gave to the disciples to eat. And when they had eaten, he commanded them that they should break bread and give unto the multitude. And when they had given unto the multitude, he also gave them wine to drink, and commanded them that they should give unto the multitude. Now, it's interesting to note that both in Third Nephi 18 and 3520 it makes specific mention of Christ blessing the bread, but he doesn't mention blessing the wine. And, you know, this is an important aspect to understand because throughout the Book of Mormon, we are getting a summary of the events that happened, but not necessarily in all cases, everything that happened. And so, Moroni, in Moroni 4 and 5, fills in that missing information, and he gives it the sacrament prayers, uh, both on bread and on the wine. And so, although we could infer that Christ must have you know, also blessed the wine uh, it's not implicitly stated, but sometimes we want to say that if something is not explicitly mentioned in the Book of Mormon, therefore it did not happen. And, you know, this is taking the words of the Book of Mormon beyond which they were designed to do. So Moroni 4, starting in verse 1, the manner of their elders and priests administering the flesh and blood of Christ unto the church. So we find that the authority to bless the sacrament is the authority of the elder in the Melchizedek priesthood, the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, and the authority of the priest in the Aaronic priesthood. 
administering the flesh and blood of Christ unto the church. And they administered it according to the commandments of Christ. Wherefore, we know the manner to be true. And the elder or priest did minister it. And they did kneel down with the church and pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, saying, O God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he hath given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen. And may I note that in the early days of the church, um, as the elders or priests would bless the sacrament, they not only knelt upon the ground, as did the congregation, but they also raised their hands above their head. And in chapter 5, verse 1, the manner of administering the wine, behold, they took the cup and said, O God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them. Amen. Back to 3 Nephi chapter 20. And now when the multitude had all eaten and drunk, behold, they were filled with the Spirit. And verse 8. And he said unto them, He that eateth bread eateth of my body to his soul. And he that drinketh of this wine drinketh of my blood to his soul. And his soul shall never hunger nor thirst, but shall be filled. So we witness the immediate fulfillment of this promise that as soon as they had partaken of the sacrament, they were filled with the Spirit. Now, it's important to note that except for the 12 disciples, None of the Nephites have yet received baptism by water into the terrestrial order, only the preparatory gospel uh, by the Aaronic priesthood, and they have not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but yet they received and were filled with the Spirit. Now when the multitude had all eaten and drunk, behold, they were filled with the Spirit. And they did cry out with one voice and gave glory to Jesus, whom they both saw and heard. All right. So Christ gives the disciples and the people a commandment to meet often. Um, and the implication is to worship and to study and to partake the sacrament. The question is, is there a day that has been prescribed or set apart by the Lord as, I'll say, a minimum standard of meeting together oft, of worshiping him and partaking of the sacrament? Uh, we have two major candidates, and they are the Sabbath and also the Lord's Day, and although... Um, most people think that the Sabbath and Lord's Day are the same. They are not. The Sabbath is that day which was set apart as holy by the Lord in commemoration of the creation. The seventh day of the week, while the Lord's Day is the first day of the week um, on Sunday versus the Sabbath being on Saturday. Um, the day on which Christ was resurrected and the day of Pentecost on which the 12 apostles received the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's dive into the scriptures. If we go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. 
And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that it would in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So the seventh day being Saturday. Now, if we go to Exodus 20. Verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So this is the first time in the Old Testament where the term Sabbath is explicitly used. And the context is Moses giving the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. Now, if we go to Mosiah, chapter 13, verses 16 through 19, Abinadi is also giving a discourse on the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments to the wicked priests of King Noah. And he also talks about the Sabbath day, and it's important to keep in mind that this is about 150 years before the coming of Jesus Christ. And in Mosiah 13, 16 through 19, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day and the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that in them is. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, if we go to Mosiah 18. Verses 23 and 25. And this is Alma discoursing to the people who have met with him to be baptized at the waters of Mormon. And he commanded them that they should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And also every day they should give thanks to the Lord their God. And verse 25, and there was one day in every week that was set apart that they should gather themselves together to teach the people and to worship the Lord their God. And also as often as it was their power to assemble themselves together. Now, in Jerusalem, you know, among the Jews, not only was the seventh day or Saturday set apart as the Sabbath, a day for worship and meeting together, but also there were high holy days um, that were also named Sabbaths. So if we go to Colossians, chapter 2. Verse 16 and 17. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So we also have days um, in the old world. Uh, that are high holy uh, days or high holy, you know, Sabbaths 
to commemorate uh, Old Testament festivals. Now, this is going to become important that we have both types of Sabbaths when we analyze the events surrounding Christ's crucifixion and resurrection and the fact that of these additional Sabbaths in Jerusalem allow us to pinpoint the exact day of the crucifixion and of the resurrection and also allow us to pinpoint the Lord's day versus the Sabbath. So the first day of the week, Sunday, Christ was resurrected. And it's also the day that the apostles received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, as we look at this day of Pentecost, on which the 12 apostles received the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know, it's important to understand that the calculation of the Sabbath by the Sadducees and Pharisees was different. But the Pentecost outlined in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, where the 12 apostles received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, was Sunday for both groups, both the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Sadducees, for the Sadducees, Sunday always, um, or... So for the Sadducees, Pentecost always fell on Sunday, and they would count 50 days after the first weekly Sabbath. But for the Pharisees, since there was a Friday Passover, the yearly Sabbath, or Pentecost, uh, the count started 50 days after Passover, which you know places uh, Pentecost that year both for Pharisees and Sadducees on a Sunday. Now, if we go to Acts chapter 1. Verses 4 through 5 and 8. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, He, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And now Acts 2, verses 1 through 8. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, meaning the twelve apostles. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, or in other words, uh, pillars of fire came down from heaven and surrounded them. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Now in Acts chapter 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them 
ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. So the day of Pentecost, which the, the 12 apostles received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost was on a Monday, on a Sunday. And here we have another account of the apostles getting together to take the sacrament also on the first day of the week or on Sunday. Now, let's go to Mark 16, verse 9, and look at the scriptural evidence that Christ was resurrected on Sunday. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Now, it's important to note that in the version of the Bible that we have, it said whom he had cast out seven devils. But in the original Greek, it doesn't say that. In the original Greek, it actually says who had ascended through the seven heavens, meaning that, that Mary Magdalene was the female spiritual counterpart to Jesus Christ and was his wife. Um, the Catholic Church, you know, their authority rested upon the concept of original sin. And therefore, if Christ was married, it would undermine their authority. Because the original sin to the Catholics is that Adam and Eve had sex in the Garden of Eden. And therefore, all men were under the stain of original sin, but they had been given um, the power to administer the sacraments to redeem men from original sin so that they could be saved. Well, if Christ was married, um, that would mean either that um, sex between a husband and wife was not a sin and therefore was not the original sin of Adam and Eve, or that Christ was not divine, or that Christ was not perfect. In any of those cases, their authority would be completely undermined, so they could not allow uh, scriptural evidence to exist that Christ was indeed married to Mary Magdalene, so they had to edit the record of the New Testament and they turned the female spiritual counterpart to Jesus Christ into a prostitute, which she was not. Let's go to Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now here, on Sunday, the first day of the week, Mary and the other Mary met angels at the tomb and Christ shows himself unto them. Verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Or, um, just before dawn on Sunday. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow for the fear and for fear of him, the keepers did shake or the guards at the garden tomb and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now let's go to Luke 24, verses 1 through 6, in which Mary discovers the resurrection has taken place 
um, by Sunday morning. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass that as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Now let's go to John 20, verses 1 and 11 through 22. And here we have Mary also, you know, discovers the resurrection of Christ. Christ appears to her and to his apostles on Sunday. Verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Verse 11. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. Now, in this account, as soon as Mary discovers that uh, Christ is not in the tomb, she runs and tells the apostles and then she returns. And so Mary stood weeping without the sepulcher. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, and the one at the head, and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she said Thus she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she had, that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day that evening, being the first day of the week, Sunday, when the doors were shut, were the disciples where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. And when he said, so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, peace be unto you as my father has sent me. Even so send I you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Or in other words, my disciples, finish your preparations to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, that ye might receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost in the very near future. Now if we go to Matthew 12, verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we know that Jesus had to spend three days and three nights in the sepulcher before he would be resurrected. Now, to determine the precise date of the crucifixion, we also have to understand that there were two Sabbaths the week the Christ was crucified. The first Sabbath, Thursday, was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, a high Sabbath. And it began at dusk on Wednesday. For on the Jewish calendar, the day ends at dusk, and the next day begins. So the first Sabbath, 
which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread on Thursday, a high Sabbath began at dusk on Wednesday, the day of the crucifixion, and extending through dusk Thursday. Joseph of Arimathea obtained Christ's body Wednesday afternoon and laid him in his tomb before dusk Wednesday. And if we go to Mark 15, and we read verses 42 through 47, And now when even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, or the high Sabbath, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, not Saturday, but the Thursday, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling unto him, the centurion asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph and bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph beheld where he was laid. And now if we go to Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 56, and behold, there was a man named Joseph, or Joseph of Arimathea, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. And the same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them, meaning uh, the Sanhedrin in condemning Christ. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. And the man went in unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the woman also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So, gaining Christ's body and laying it in the sepulcher had to be occur before the Sabbath, which fell that evening, the begin of Thursday, but this is Wednesday day. Now, the, the women came to anoint Christ's body Sunday morning and were told by angels that he had been resurrected. So the women actually procured the spices and prepared them on Friday, um, which was between the two Sabbaths, Thursday and Saturday, and then went to the tomb to uh, anoint his body Sunday morning. Now, three days and three nights indicate a Wednesday crucifixion and Sunday resurrection. If we use the Jewish calendar, Wednesday night, night one, Thursday day, day one, Thursday night, night two, Friday day, day two, Friday night, night three, and Saturday day, day three. He could have risen as early as just after sunset Saturday evening, which is the beginning of the first day of the week to the Jews, uh, all the way up until just before sunrise Sunday morning when Mary Magdalene discovered the empty tomb uh, shortly before sunrise. If we go to Mark 16.2. And very early in the morning, the first day or Sunday, of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And John 20, verse 1.
The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and sweet, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre, and two angels sitting thereon. Now, Christ's apostles walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus the same day as his resurrection. Let's go to Luke 24, 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score and furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these, that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast thou not known of these things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, and when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, or unwise, in the Greek, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And to have entered and to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures and things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass that as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave it to them. And this is also on Sunday that he is blessing and passing the sacrament. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of the bread. In verse 36, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Or doubts or hesitations. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I of myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed him them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered or marveled, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, 
which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Well, this endowment or endowment of power from on high was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which was to occur on the day of Pentecost. And it's interesting that Joseph Smith used the exact same terminology in referring to the endowment that the high priests and elders and ultimately all the people were to receive in the Kirtland Temple for that endowment of power before the elders and high priests were to be sent out was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But most of those during uh, Joseph Smith's ministry did not receive it but the 12 apostles did receive it on the day of Pentecost as they were gathered together. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, if we go to Acts chapter 7, or pardon me, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Again, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, which was Sunday, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued in speech until midnight. Now, to conclude, let's go to DNC 59, verses 7 through 19. Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. Thou shalt offer a sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in righteousness, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world. Thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. For verily, this is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions to the Most High. Nevertheless, thy vows shall be offered up in righteousness on all days and at all times. But remember that on this, the Lord's day, Sunday, the day of the resurrection and of the Pentecost, thou shalt offer thine oblations and thy sacraments unto the Most High, confessing thy sins unto thy brethren and before the Lord. And on this day thou shalt do none other thing, only let thy food be prepared with singleness of heart, that thy fasting may be perfect, or in other words, that thy joy may be full. Verily, this is fasting and prayer, or in other words, rejoicing and prayer. And inasmuch as ye do these things with thanksgiving, with cheerful hearts and countenances, not with much laughter, for this is sin, but with a glad heart and a cheerful countenance. Verily I say, that inasmuch as ye do this, the fullness of the earth is yours, and beasts of the field and fowls of the air, and that which climbeth upon the tree and walketh upon the earth. Yea, and the herb and the good things which come of the earth, whether for food or for raiment, or for houses or for barns, or for orchards or for gardens or for vineyards, and all thing which, things which come from the earth in the season thereof are made for the benefit and use of man, both to please the eye and to gladden the heart. Yea, for food and for raiment, for taste and for smell, to strengthen the body and to enliven the soul. Meaning, both that which comes from the earth, which grows in it, and also animals. And so we have in modern revelation 
the commandment that that day which is to be set apart um, as holy and separate from the other six days and which we are to come together and take the sacrament and worship God is Sunday. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.